You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 99. Oh my Lord. We are on our way to the 100th Well Women podcast episode. I'm very excited about this because back when I thought about creating this podcast, I never knew that we would get all the way to this particular podcast and we're here now and I'm very excited about it. And I'm excited to share this episode with you because it's going to be a little bit different. Now, before I jump into what this episode's about, I want to just let you know that we're very fast approaching the 100th Well Women podcast episode. Now to celebrate, I'm compiling an episode with your voices, so I would love to hear from you. If you're a listener and you would love to be a part of the 100th episode, I'd love for you to follow these really easy two steps. One, pick your favorite learning from the show. A tip you've applied to your menstrual cycle, something that you learned that's changed your life, an aha moment, a favorite guest, whatever it might be, pick your favorite learning. Number two is go to this awesome website that I really love, speakpipe.com forward slash Gemily. There you'll see a button you can press and you'll be able to record your voice for 90 seconds. And I want you to let me know your name, where you're from, and share your favorite learning in 90 seconds. From there, I'm going to pop all of these together, these beautiful little contributions together for this special 100th episode, which comes out next week, just before Christmas. Perfect timing. So make sure you don't miss out on this. Entries close only in a couple of days. And so you want to get your audio in ASAP. I want to feature you and I cannot wait to hear from you and have you be a part of our 100th episode. All right, so let's get into the 99th episode. This episode features me as the guest. I sound a bit egotistic saying it like that, but I'm the guest of this episode. And I I wanted to open up this episode in a raw way um, because I do so with lots of beautiful guests that have joined us on the show, but I haven't really shared a lot of my own journey and what it's meant for me um, and where this work came from and how it was birthed. So I couldn't have thought, like literally have thought of a better person to ask than Amber Hawken. Amber is my best friend. And she's my sister from another mister. And I asked her to interview me on this episode. And so we dive into some really beautiful topics. <laughs> Amber really has a way of just really pinpointing hard questions at me. She's very good at doing it because she's my bestie. She knows how to kind of get to me. So I would love for you to just sit back and enjoy this episode as Amber takes over. This is a takeover episode. If you want to check out who Amber is, you can find her on Instagram at, at Amber Hawken. That's Amber and then Hawken, H-A-W-K-E-N, and enjoy. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being an amazing listener of this podcast, I want to offer you a 20% off voucher code. Use the code CYCLELOVE at checkout to save. <laughs> Gemma Lee Krauss, how are you doing? Hi, I'm a little bit terrified after our little chat before before we hit record, but I'm good. This is the takeover by Amber Hawken of the Well Woman podcast, the 99th episode. And I'm so 
freaking stoked to be the host. Gemma has no idea what I'm going to ask her. There's a couple of questions that she's made suggestions, but I think they're boring. So I'm probably going to skip them. I'm going to make my own questions. And Today, my intention will be to reveal the greatness of this woman (laughs) and also expose her nuances that make her so magnificent that I think are hilarious um, that I think the world should know about. So I'm laughing so hard that I'm sweating right now. (laughs) That's called fight and flight response. (laughs) A bit of background is that I gave Amber a bit of like prep of what we're going to do and she's like, hit record. And I was like, "Uh, uh, okay, hit record. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what's happening. Okay, yes. Yeah. Oh, surrender. Go. Oh, I mean, that's a good place to start. Surrender. There's so many. Yeah, it's always a really good topic. Okay. Just for some direction and some clarity, and then we can free flow. What I would love to explore is the beginning of your passion and your fierce commitment to educating women about themselves and what well-being really is. Well-being, it's, you know, it's a, it was overused in the nineties, let alone now. And you're still someone who works with that um, realm with such integrity. What was the defining moment in time, if any at all, that made you realize like, this is what I have to fucking teach for my life here, this is what I'm doing. I think the defining moment was when I was, it was shortly after I was diagnosed with PCOS. Mm-hmm. And this is for the exact line of work that I'm in now. Yep. Before this, you know, when I had leaky gut and I spent a year on like healing my journey and seeing lots of practitioners, I got so frustrated at where I was at that I was just like, no one's fucking helping me. And then when I figured out how to help myself, I was like, I have to tell the world about it. Mm. And so that's where that first passion started. And that's how Wellsome began. But then when, how I like got into like specifically working with women around the connection of, I guess, this cyclical life that we live, it really happened when I just, there was a pivotal moment and I can picture it right now. I was with my ex at the time and in our relationship, I was very much forced into my masculine and I was sitting on the bed and we used to have, I've never told this story. We used to have, we like his apartment that we lived in. He, he had a, um, a gym in the, in the basement. So it was three or two levels below. And then I was upstairs and I had, hadn't had my period in about three months and I was so disconnected with my body. I was sitting on the bed and I was crying in a wailing sound Mm. and it was so loud that he could hear me through the window down in the garage. He came upstairs and was like, what's going on? And I was like sitting in like, not a fetus position, but so stuck in where I was at that I was just like, wailing and I just was I just felt so helpless in my body Mm. because I was like there's someone in my body and there's something I don't know about my body and like why do I feel like this and that was the point of where I really started to realize that I was not I wasn't me in my body right what do you mean by that what I mean by that is that I was going through life day by day and I was doing my stuff, but I didn't feel like I was on my own path. I didn't feel like I was being fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was, how do I say, like I wasn't lit up by what I was doing. I was Mm. on a grind and not a work grind. Life was a grind. Right. And so was this, this wailing, was it a recognition of a sense of lack or was it exhaustion or was it, a feeling of loss, like what was coming out, what was being expressed? It was, it was like a, and I know you know this really well, Anne. it was like a soul cry Mm. where I was crying so deep that I was like, I'd been crying for hours, Mm. you know, and then all of a sudden I started wailing really loud and it was coming from a soul level, a very deep level. And for me, that was just like a, like all of my, inner experiences even possibly from past lives was literally just like help me Mm. you know like this is not who you are you can change this Mm. you know you're not comfortable you're not happy you're not fulfilled you're not any of this and I think 
it took me losing my period in the diagnosis of PCOS to realize that I wasn't actually me and my body and I've been rejecting myself. Got it. What year was that? So this was back in 2000 and probably, hang on, two, it was probably mid-2014 and end of 2014, this point. Yeah. And then the whaling experience was like 2017, yeah? 2016? No, hang on, what year are we in right now? Holy shit, we're in 2020. I met you in 2016. Yeah, the beginning of 2016. Yep. We're, we're celebrating our four-year friend, friendversary. I know. It's about like 40 years. Can we talk about how we met? Um, <laughs> I am the host here. I have a few more questions and then, yes, absolutely. So just for it some context-wise. That, that wailing moment. I had a yep. few wailing moments and I know that you know a lot about my, my story, um, but that wail, specific wailing moment would have been 2004 to end of 2014, early 2015. Got it. Okay, cool. And then so essentially combining this experience of the leaky gut and the PCOS diagnosis, you feeling like there was no one there to give you the answers to work with your body holistically and connect with it. You learned about it, you taught yourself about it, and then you went on to teach it. And then that experience with you not connecting with yourself and your cycles and your deepest being then led you more into your cycle coaching and your menstrual cycle coaching. Because that's really, um, you know, I'm so blessed to have lived with you and to have understood my cycle and what that means and what that represents in this world. And, and before we go back to some other things, what I, what feels really strong for me, because I get to see you do this day in and day out. If you imagine that anyone who listens to this answer is going to be able to take that answer on and it's just going to be alive in their body. They're not just going to know it in their head. They're going to act upon it. What would you tell them, male or female, about the importance of understanding cycles in the feminine body and why that needs to be normalized and awakened in our consciousness? Mm, that's such a multidimensional question in yeah. one. Good luck. <laughs> and go. It's it's really hard to f- like put like articulate the feeling of it, but the one way that I'll explain it is that for the woman understanding your cyclical nature, and you might be able to concur with this, it's like finally coming home to your body. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling where you've been traveling for a while and traveling's lots of fun, and then all of a sudden you get home, you're just like, oh, my own bed and my own pillow. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling in your body. But on a cyclical nature, the importance level of this is that as women, if you've not seen the movie Wonder Woman, I would encourage you to go. We went to the movies to watch that together, didn't we? Uh, I saw it in with, Norway. Oh, okay. I think I, I remember going. another I, friend. I think, I think, no, I, well, I went with Emma and Carla. And I oh, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought awesome. you came too. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the like Wonder Woman, you know, women used to rule the world and Everything on this planet is from a feminine cyclical nature. Everything from the moon and the stars to the oceans to the cyclical nature of seasons. So because everything that we can touch and feel is feminine energy, right? For context. Everything. Got it. Everything. So you're looking at a beautiful bird land in your garden, feminine. You're looking at the sun shine over your face, feminine. You're looking at the moon rise over the ocean, feminine. Like you're hearing a car engine roar still feminine it's still feminine it's yeah, what we can touch and feel and it's changing yeah yeah and that's it's it's funny we often think of and a lot of the clients that I work with think that feminine is like the no one can see me except for you but it's the pouty lips like ooh, you know where you see mm. you pop your shoulder out and you stick your boobs out a little bit and you like get your makeup all done and you spend hours on your hair there's a lot of misconception that that's feminine when it's not Mm. You know, it's just it's not and David Dieta explains the balance through femininity masculinity so well that there's a big disruption with this at the moment worldwide and this is the importance of understanding cyclical nature is that we if you wish and desire to live in balance and harmony regardless of your gender whether you're trans a male or a woman does not matter 
is that you live on a, on a feminine plane and therefore if your feminine aspect in your body is out, you will be out in alignment with the planet. And so what that means is that when we're out of energetic alignment, this is what kind of birthed my four-pillar approach, but when you're out of energetic alignment, you actually are out of alignment in your health, in your mind, in your digestion, in your cycle, yeah. in your relationships, in your drive and creativity, everything. And so regardless of whether you're a male or a female, you all have, we all have feminine and femininity. But from a cyclical living aspect is that it's kind of like when you're driving on the highway and you're like, dude, stick in your lane. <laughs> you know, men can stay in their cyclical lane because they have a cycle too. And women can stay in their cyclical lane. And when you separate the two and you stick in each lane individual to yourself, you actually become more in harmony with your own body. Therefore, you feel more at home in your own body. You're able to channel better energy energy in your own body. And because of that, you live in more balance and ease. Got it. So, Was that a good explanation? Yeah. <clears throat> There's so many different routes I can go, but I want to acknowledge um, I really want to pretend that I know nothing because I remember how much it changed my life when I didn't understand. So I'm just going to ask some really basic questions. Do men have a cycle too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so men run on a 24-hour cycle, whereas women run on a 28 to 29-day, you could say somewhat lunar, but we call that the menstrual cycle. Got it. And when you're saying about sticking in our own lane, what came to mind is that, like, I I left home at 14, um, learned how to fend for myself, frothed off it, you know. Still learning how to cook. (laughs) Still in, I am a a human being forever growing and evolving and still wanting to learn how to make my own spaghetti bolognese, but sometimes farts on me. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you lucky? (laughs) Oh, Um, so lucky to have that beautiful. Wait, I forgot my train of thought. Oh yeah. Anyways. So I, I very much was activated in a driving energy in, in the yang and some, depending on what lens you look through, you know, called the feminine. So, um, uh, sorry, called the masculine yang drive masculine. And I had to learn to develop my relationship with the, with the feminine energy, the feminine nature with the mother, with all of that after the age of about 21, when I started to look and realize that that driving force was very much, um, one gear that was meant to be used only for short bursts and short periods of time and was driven from this sense of feeling helpless and unsafe unless I was in action. Yeah, there's a whole nother story behind that. So when you say driving in your own lane, because I have a fee, I, I manifested in this life with a, with a female body, with a gender, with a uterus, with a vagina, with boobies and a little bit of nipple hair to go with that. And every now and again, and um, that my boyfriend plucks. And I had to learn to respect my cycle. And I remember used to thinking that it was annoying and disgusting and something to hide. Whereas now I ran a retreat on the weekend and I was like to Ryan, babe, I like, I didn't, you know, I need my, I need a a different cup for this weekend. Like need a menstrual cup. Like our cup is often our cup. My cup is often on our kitchen bench, you know, between cycles being, um, cleaned. And it's like the most open thing ever. And he went and got me, um, after the sweat lodge, I felt like really irritated having my period. So he went and got me little panty liners and do you know what I mean? Like it's really normal now. The change in myself and in my sense of joy and, and you know, for lack of a better word, power as a woman Sensuality. and the feminine, Sexuality. yeah, has been sensationally expanded and ripples through myself, my life and everything that I do. And I had to learn that being in the lane of go, go, go didn't match the body that I have. So I think that, and I'd love your perspective on this, like the world expects us to be these robots to not get tired, that 40-hour work weeks are okay. Like it's normalized. I actually don't think they are. 
I think that that's a shitty way to live life. Like I think we need to be rhythmic and in tune with a certain amount of structure, but fuck the rules. You know, we are not born to fit into a box, especially when it comes to our cycles and the way in which we live our life and respect the cycles within ourselves, male or female. What's your perspective on the way society is structured and the expectations on workload and roles in regards to our menstrual cycle? (laughs) How politically correct do I need to be? I'm like right here with you on everything you just mentioned. Mm. Um, you know, it reminded me of a story of me when I got my first period. Maybe I can, sh- or when I was oh, please tell for me. the first year. No, we'll, we'll come back to that. Oh, so okay. I, otherwise I'll forget your question. I'll pin it. Um, yeah, pin, pin that. Pin that on the board. Is that with society right now, If you so there's different ways you can look at it. If you look at it on an energetic level, is that as a, as a world energetically, we're very, very masculine. So we're always, we're always in the lane of be more, have more, do more, create more, go, 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 not stop. And this is why we live in this fight or flight state so much, even though we don't realize that we're doing it and we don't really have anything to fight. So we're constantly in that. And that's that, that lane and the world. And it's interesting this year with the pandemic that's happened and that we've lived through because it's really forced a lot of people back into their feminine nature you know, to slow Mm. down and to have more control over your workload and to take breaks and to work at your own pace and all of that stuff. So politically today and in a societal status is that everything around us that's created is very masculine driven Mm. from, you know, selling products, you know, and you and I sell e-products, right? But it's still quite a masculine thing. Whereas, you know, marketing and selling food on a on a shelf you know that's a sales process and that can have quite a masculine energy to it and you can get sucked into like oh well i'm not going to be healthy unless i do this thing unless i do that thing unless i buy this product and i also have this product so you can get lost in the in that masculine side of it where you end up reacting to everything that's happening and everything that you're shown through mass media as opposed to responding and going hang on what's my body actually asking for right now how am is I it, checking? Is it masculine to react? Depends on the type of reaction. Got it. Do you mean fast response versus quick, slow response? Yeah, basically. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so responding cool. like the dashboard dieter who's just eating really, really quick and rushing through lunch as opposed to like taking the extra two minutes to sit. And so mm. that's because the world that we live in is telling us that we need to work more to have more money, to do more things, to achieve big, a bigger house and get mm. like a bigger white picket fence. It's really this underlying message of scarcity, isn't it? Mm, totally. And that if you don't do more, you won't have enough. Right. And that, that we live in some kind of zero, zero sum world with time and money and energy and love and, and all of that jazz. Right. So if we are subscribing to the idea that there is, you know, that we have, let's just say this, mm, that we're sufficiently and abundantly supplied and then some energetically speaking and energy is everything. So everything speaking, if we subscribe that we are not abundantly supported and then some, then we will probably disregard our cyclical nature and disrespect our cycles and probably be in fear in times of winter and slowness and even repress that part of ourselves. Would that be correct? Totally. The first thing that goes when you when you're in that state is or I'll just eat lunch later or I'll forget to eat lunch or I'll just stay up a little bit later and your, and your sleep gets thrown out. All of that changes your cyclical nature, it changes your metabolism, it changes your rhythmic um, ability with your circadian rhythms, it changes all of the internal cyclical nature that we have that connects with the physical cyclical nature of your reproductive system because there's many systems that connect with that. But then that affects where you are on the planet. Got it. Like okay. it, it affects whether you are allowing yourself to embody the ancestral so, nature of winter in yeah. winter, outer winter, or are you forcing yourself to do, 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 do the whole, you're taking basically a good way to look at it is that you're taking your summer action 
and you're putting it into winter and you're expecting yourself to achieve the same thing every day, all day, every day of the year. Oh, you know, and I can so relate to that. So relate to that. I just ran a retreat for four days and I was like, cool, I'll take Monday off. And then Tuesday I was fucking wiped. Wednesday it was still fucking wiped. It's Thursday and I'm asking you to come over to tell me to like poke me a little bit to do something. <laughs> and my body is like, Ams, go in, recover, read a book, chill out. I didn't, I underestimated how wiped I would be. And I can hear the old paradigm of you have to do this and you have to do it now and you have to get it all done coming in. So even though I'm, you know, I'm feeling wiped, I shouldn't say exhausted because I feel so full and alive, but I just need to recharge. I can feel, yeah, my, my physical energy drained. Yeah. Like big yawns, you know? And, um, and, and so the inner battle is, oh, you got to rest. And I know that. And I listen to my body and then the mind's doing its little, yeah, but you got to do this and you do this. So even though I'm exhausted on top of the exhaustion, there's the um, rumination of judgment around taking rest. So even though I'm not doing anything, I'm probably exhausting myself more in the nothingness because I'm trying to fight it. Yeah. Which comes back to your initial word that I don't even think you meant to segue into of surrender. Yep. And that's one of the the greatest gifts of the feminine is being able to surrender into your, your sensation of, and there's that word senses, how you sense on the day, you know, whether you're like everything. So talk to, talk, talk to me a little bit about how to be able to tune into your cycles. Like what practices are the most profound and liberating that we can do in really simple ways each and every day. And if it's, if it's supportive or necessary, can you split them into um, body Categories. type, like gender, uh, male, oh, female? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share on what I do because <clears throat> I think yeah. it's a good example because you've lived with me. So you've seen how I live. <laughs> and if you've not read the. 5 a.m. poops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did not anyone know that? Now they do. Yeah, well, everybody knows that out. Yeah. Um, no, evacuating your bowels first thing in the morning is very important. But if people if people haven't um, read the about page on my website, is that there's a section I was mentioning to Ams earlier that this came up in an interview that I had yesterday about how I'm, you know, I'm the crazy ass dance queen, or my family described me. Amber's my family. Family described me as you know the crazy ass dance queen who's unapologetic about her food boundaries. And Amber's the one that said, Gemma's unapologetic about her food boundaries because I can go anywhere. I, I, I can eat at any restaurant. I can go to any party, but I'm very unapologetic about my food boundaries 99.9% of the time. And um, except, except for the, the last month. Yeah. Except for that one time I was like, I want to eat a fucking Domino's pizza. So <laughs> I didn't eat the Domino's pizza though. So And a whole circle of camembert. And a whole circle of camembert cheese. Yes, that did happen. Um, and when it comes to what you do on a daily basis, I talk about this a lot in Dinacharya, which is your daily method of operation, regardless of your gender, everyone has a Dina, da- daily Dinacharya. So for me, that looks like to live and get connected with my cyclical nature is having a cyclical day. So it, people might call that a groundhog day, but it's having flow with that day in the sense of like the time that you wake up the time that you eat breakfast, the time of the day that you move your body, but it's getting the same things done every day. And so for me, every day, pretty much at the same time is poop time at 5am. And if it doesn't happen then, I'm like, okay, then my digestive system's out. But to connect to your cyclical nature, regardless of your gender, it's really important to make sure that if you're not living cyclically throughout the day with your daily practices of how you eat, how you move, how you breathe, how you stay hydrated, even your daily work or career or hobby practices, Mm. all of that will impact your health in some way Mm long-term, long-term. It might not impact you straight away, but long-term, if you don't address that, it will impact you in some way, shape or form. It comes back again to that we will suffer the long-term consequence to avoid sitting with and short-term challenge yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a little bit deeper than that uncomfortability 
Yeah, and I wonder if people listening understand and if you could expand on how potently healing it is to practice awareness so that you can see what you're actually sacrificing your long-term well-being for, i.e. thought patterns, like just thought patterns that we give attention to. Yeah, and sleep is a huge one too, but yeah, thought okay. patterns. Yeah, so can you talk about some awareness and awareness practices around being able to tune in and and I would say have the courage and the tenacity and the respect to follow through when you hear your cycles saying this is where we this is how we need to operate right now mm-hmm. or not and that's that's a daily check-in Got it. and moment to moment check-in so it's why on this podcast the first question of every episode is tell us what day of your cycle you on and how are you checking in in this moment Amber's just waiting to be fucked. Do you want me to ask you this question? I was like, whoopsie. (laughs) That's what happens when you're like, hit record. Um, But, like, it's important to know, regardless of whether you're a menstruator or a a non-menstruator, is that you have every single day a a moment to check in with how am I feeling in this moment, what is coming up for me in this moment, and consistently checking in with that because having that awareness is what's going to teach you what food's going to serve you or what movement's going to best serve you or what thought process is going to best serve you or what thoughts aren't serving you. Yep. So if you're not checking in and you're living on the, you could call it the hamster wheel of just every day I do, and this used to be me. Fuck, man, this used to be me. I used to train twice a day, six days a week, and then once on a Sunday. Mm. And I, I literally was like every single day for like a solid few years in a row, that was my routine. It was also my routine to kind of like have the same kind of meals every day. I went and did the same kind of work every single day. And I had like, it was very routine. It was very more, it was much more groundhoggy mm. in the sense that it was the same all the time. And I didn't realize that I was actually dishonoring my body and how it felt on certain periods of certain days. So for example, if one day I was like, oh my God, I really don't feel like going to the gym, not because I just didn't have the motivation, but because my body was tired and it was exhausted and I didn't want to go for the 180 kilometer bike ride and then get off the bike and run 10 kilometers in the morning on a Saturday and come home before 10 a.m. and everyone's still waking up, you know? I just, I just kept doing it and I would just go because other people and coaches were like, no, this is what you do and this is how we train. And this, But that's me allowing them to live in my lane and control my lane. Thank you. Like it's the opposite of sovereignty. And what I really love that you said there, that was me not allowing myself mm-hmm. because I think that while it might be true that the world encourages, rewards, um, you know, validates the do, do, do. A, I think it's shifting and shifting rapidly. It is. And people are like, actually, fuck this. <laughs> no. I think <laughs> pandemic helped with no. help with that. Yeah. Scamdemic. Yeah. Pandemic. And two, I think that. Cardemic. Bit of karma in there. Go on. Calm, calmdemic. <laughs> calmdemic. Femdemic. Femin. Yeah. Anyway. And two, it gives us the opportunity or what you, what you spoke to was realizing that even though, gosh, your boss or your partner or your best friend or your colleagues or the friends that you've hung out with or the group of people that you see often, um, the people who surround you in your circles of um, familiarity with work, even if they're living that way and it might be, triggering or challenging at first to honor yourself you still get that choice it's still up to us mm-hmm. yeah amen sister it's totally up to you oh my god and we we often live in that world where we feel quite controlled and you know we grow up in a in a controlled environment because we're children and we're told what time to eat and where to go and we've got to be picked up at this time and got to go which to is school. important to a certain extent yeah it is and therefore it comes like well as we become our own people our own adults you know how much are we allowing ourselves to be ourselves 
and listen to our bodies and take responsibility for us. And that's why I love working with that age bracket of like 17, 18, 19, 20, because that's that discovery moment. Yep. And self, just to go back on your thing about self-awareness is that if anything in your life feels frustrating, uncertain, anything, and Ams, you know me better than fucking anyone with what I've been through this year in my personal life is that the only way to come back into balance and harmony with yourself on all levels, nutritionally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually and energetically is to have the awareness of what you really fucking feel at the Mm. real fucking hard times. Mm -hmm. Yep. And not to collapse and get entangled. Lost in it and lost in fantasy and lost in like, what if I should someone else's lane lost in fucking someone else's lane, someone else's lane, including the egos. Yeah. You know, if you're judging, criticizing, blaming, proving, defending, feeling the victim, you're in someone else's lane. Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. Fuck yeah, that's great. Okay. <laughs> so I'm on day number eight. Cycle day number eight. You are. I was with you when you started yeah. menstruating this time last week. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I just wanted to share that because I didn't ask you, so um, I'm going to do it. And then I want to know about your first period story. Thank you. Before we go on, let's just talk about, oh, hang on. She's pointing a finger at me. Yes. Can you hit pause? So okay. First- so we just had to have a, we, we just had to have a break. I had to go and get some chocolate, you know, and Gemma got a plum. Look guys, I'm just responding to my cycles. <laughs> um, I asked Gemma. We're on day eight. <laughs> Shut up. This is my cycle. I'm in my lane. (laughs) And um, no, actually what's happening is my ghrelin uh, hormone is through the roof because I didn't sleep very well last night because I wanted to stay up later and and make sweet, sweet love to my man. And therefore um, when I woke up at 4.30, because I do every day, I'm tighter than usual. So Jem, what's your first period story? Well, I would love to share this. I actually, before we jump into it, I just want to share how we met whilst we're talking about food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we forget. So I was at a friend's engagement party and I was on the dance floor dancing and there was only one other person on the dance floor dancing and that was Amber. Yeah. And she was wearing this, I feel like this is a love story. She was wearing this really cute headband with crystals all over it and her hair was like platinum blonde. And <laughs> um, we just started dancing together. That's how we met. And I'm just. And you were wearing a dress that you made. And I was like, like, just so um, curious about such things that someone could do. (laughs) Oh, like, remember that time when you were living with me and you came home and you'd been away on the sunny coast and you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, just making removable makeup pads. She's like, what? (laughs) Of course you have. You're so strange. Of course you are. Yeah, and so I'm just really, like, mid-segue, I'm just really glad and thankful that I finally found your earth suit. My what? Your earth suit. Oh, so am I. I was looking for you and I found you and I was really glad that our earth suits match. This is a true love story. (laughs) Yeah, we both. Sorry, Ryan. We Um, (laughs) both. be in the love story as well. Okay, okay, okay. Tell me about your period. Yeah, back to the story. So. I was a late bloomer and I sometimes share this story when I teach in schools just to kind of normalize my period experience. But I was the last one in my friend's circle to get my period and my dad would not let me shave my legs until I got my period. So I was like 15 and a half and I wasn't allowed to shave my legs. And mind you, Amber had already left home by this stage and I was still not menstruating and I still had hairy legs. (laughs) I, um, I just remember not really knowing and knowing what it was, but I knew that my mum had these tampon things in the pan. Like I knew where she kept them in her bathroom. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mum, if you hear this, I used to steal them, but she probably knew that I stole them anyway. <laughs> she didn't buy them. She just kept them in her cupboard. Is that, yeah, so I started, I was at school and I started menstruating and I felt like I had a, like a really bad wee pain. I had to go to the toilet. So I went to the toilet and that's when I found out that I had some blood in my undies and I didn't really know what to do I felt quite hopeless and not hopeless helpless is the right word Mm -hmm. and so I went to the sick bay 
Mm-hmm. And I called my grandmother and she came and picked me up. And that was really like my first period experience. A couple of days later, I had to go to swimming carnival and I had my period for the first time. And I was, I grew up, as, my mum was a swim teacher when I was a kid. I started <laughs> swimming when I was six months old. So for people who see me and like on Instagram, every day Gemma's swimming in the ocean, I'm a swimmer. Like I grew up swimming. I love the ocean. And um, I was like, oh, well, I was a good swimmer. So I was like, got to compete at swimming carnival. Cause that's my, that's the lane that I was told to be in. Right. Pardon all the puns for swimming lanes, but I just was like, well, I figured I better learn how to use this tampon thing. And I remember going, it was at Palm beach Corumban swimming pool where wow. I live um, for the swimming carnival. And I remember putting the tampon in before I left home, getting to the swimming carnival and checking every freaking hour going to the toilet to me like fuck like is it in right like what do I do with this string thing (laughs) like what do I do with this and you know I grew up in a family that didn't not want to talk about periods but just wasn't really talked about and I didn't Mm. feel really comfortable speaking about it I was also the oldest of four I am the oldest of four kids and then there's me two brothers and so it wasn't really something that we spoke about Mm. that was my first period experience but I did have an experience about a year later and I've never told this story But I had this experience where I was on an overnight bus to Penrith. So down in Sydney, I was heading there to a swimming swimming carnival, a rowing carnival. I was a a still water rower and I I rowed right, like competitively right up until I was like 24, 25. And I remember I was on the bus and I was in my pajamas and I got my period whilst I was on the bus that night and I didn't realize And I had bled through my undies, threw onto my pajama pants. And in the morning I got up and I got off the bus. And so it was with a group of school kids, yeah, like the whole, like a big bus full of fucking school kids. And I remember going, you know, walking off the bus and one of the teachers came over to me and told me that I had blood on my fucking blue and white pajama pants. They were baby blue with fucking white ghosts on them and I had blood stain right between my fucking crutch but like the back side where your butt is mm. because you know you know how your pants kind of move up a little bit when you're sleeping mm-hmm. and especially when you're sitting on a freaking bus and so I was so embarrassed and at that stage in my life I was very tomboyish I had girlfriends but I had a lot of boyfriends too like at mm. school I was the girl who was friends with all the boys and I was so embarrassed and I didn't like getting boobs because my brothers used to tease me. So there's me, 18 months, my brother, 18 months, my other brother, and I love them very dearly. We're very close. But at the time when I was 15 and a half, I was not very close with them and they used to tease me about getting boobs. And so I, I don't, I think I've told you this story. I used to duct tape my boobs. No. Yeah. Like. Meanwhile, I'm sticking tissues in my bra. (laughs) I don't even have big boobs. I just didn't want any. And so there's a like as an external story, like extra story part to this. But basically, I had duct taped my boobs. I was wearing my sports bra, like not the under one, like the crop top style. And mm. I, I duct taped my boobs and because I didn't want to get boobs. And I learned that off the movie now and then. Yeah, right. I remember. They did it on there and I was like, fuck, I can do that. That's that's how I'll get out of not having boobs and that'll maybe that'll stop them from growing. Anyway, that was that was my puberty story and um how like how I became a woman and every yeah, wow. stage of that I was rejecting my my femininity and I was shamed of being a woman. Very different today. Um but yeah, that was that was that and you know, I share openly if anyone's else has had that experience that to recognize that if you're rejecting your femininity, femininity in any way, it will, it can and will lead to challenges with your cycle in some way. And so every and woman, misalignment in your life. Oh, totally. It fucking, like I did not step into my, <laughs> it fucking screwed with me though. No. I'm very grateful for all of my life experiences, even the really most traumatic ones, like the really nice traumatic ones. I like that. Yeah. That, well, I meant to say most, but it came out nice, but obviously that's supposed to be aligned like that. You know, this year, and I just want to give a shout out to Amber publicly, has been the one of the biggest supporters with my other best friend, Jess, for me living through the most traumatic year of my life and going through a lot of physical trauma, the last, particularly the last month, six weeks from the, recording this episode. So I just want to say thank you 
but everything in my life has led me to this point that's enabled me to get through this experience, mm. um, including meeting you on the dance floor, <laughs> including not connecting with my femininity and yeah. my sensuality and sexuality, which I've spoken about in other episodes, until I was late 20s, early, like, like 29 to 30, really. Yeah. And now I'm 34 and I feel like I'm finally in my fucking feminine body and it, it's possible. It's possible to shift. It's possible to do all these things. You just need to be committed to you and your lane, your cyclical lane. This is my favorite, favorite saying. Cyclical out of, lane out of your mouth ever. Yeah. Stick in your cyclical lane. Okay, maybe that should be stick a new in your cyclical point. lane. So, all right, let's uh, let's round this up. You have some sensational things that you offer and teach, and I would love you to share with the world. What are your favorite, um, let's say like clients or programs that you're running right now, if people would be interested in what's coming in the future? Thank you. You're welcome. How's the plum? Uh, it's juice there. <laughs> um, it's plump. <laughs> Emma knows me for my terrible dad jokes. Um, so. I love working with women one-on-one and the reason why I like doing it in a one-on-one sense and I also run a group program is because in a group environment it's it's possible but you can't get to the full extent and delve into the depth of your own individual cyclical nature unless you're in a in 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 person um, experience like a retreat so I work with women one-on-one through one-on-one coaching and I love that process it also enables us um, to really work with the natural contraception methods, which is also something you need to do individually. You can learn about it, but to learn exactly how to pinpoint your own ovulation window, which is something I'm really just so passionate about at the moment, is understanding your own natural contraceptive methods, your contraceptive goals, and your specific ovulation time and fertile window unique to you. Because just like your iris is unique to you, your ovulation window is unique to you too. And it will change every freaking month, just like your iris changes throughout the day. So that's the first thing. Um, I run the Well Women Academy, which is morphing into a new form next year, which I'm really excited about. So you have to tune into that. And it's got a little smirk here. Yeah. And um, the Well Women Academy is based on teaching over a six-month period of time the core foundations and fundamentals of what everything it means to be a cyclical woman Mm. from not just understanding your cycle, but understanding the nutritional component, the movement component, the natural contraceptive component. It's really, and the way I like to look at it is it's the core thing that will help you become cyclical confident. So confidence with your cyclical nature. Got it. Did you like that one? I did. Mm. Cyclically confident. Yeah. So there's that. And then the other, the, the final thing that I'm really excited for is I'm hosting my first retreat next year. <gasps> yeah. I'm so excited for that. And it's going to really be everything that I fucking love all in one, but it's the Ayurvedic aspect of awakening your womb. So living in an Ayurvedic nature with your creating and establishing your own daily dinacharyas through a process over three and a half days that allows you to let go of that shame and that guilt or that unknown guilt that you have around your cycle or your body as a woman and allowing you to dive into the depths of awakening your womb. Mm, And that's the whole process that we'll be doing um, in March in 2021. So if you'd like to learn about that, DM me. So good. All right, Jem. If there was a billboard... Somewhere, Gold Coast Highway, <laughs> and everyone who back drove in back in <laughs> and everyone who drove past the billboard saw it had immediate change from the words that you wrote. Like they were embodied. It's like you know, download kind of thing. Yeah. Matrix. What would you put on the billboard? <sighs> There's something else that I want to say, but my my first intuitive thought is always the most important, right? And it's not my saying, I don't know where I picked this up. I didn't create this. So just, you know, for ownership, copywriting is nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a Tao Te Ching. And it could be actually. Yeah, I think it and is. And it takes a while for that to sink in. Mm. Nothing in nature rushes but everything still gets done. It's kind of like maybe it's the billboard that you drive past every day from work and it's not until you've been driving past it for five months. You're like, oh, I finally get it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but along with that would be. Uh, it's Lao, Lao Tzu. Okay. She, yeah. You just checked that. Awesome. Along nature with that, does not hurry yet. Everything is accomplished. Yeah. Okay. So similar is that, yeah, nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. And mm-hmm. I would piggyback onto that is that you're the driver of your vessel. Mm. So drive in your own lane. Don't try to drive other people's cars and don't let other people try to drive your car. Okay. Your body is your car in case you didn't pick up on the analogy. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Jem, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for your dedication, for your dedication to yourself, for your respect for your own cycle for the journey that you've gone through, for the challenges that you face and moved through. And most of all, the joy that you bring, you know, to everyone that you teach and everyone that uh, comes into contact with you can't go without being transformed just by the way in which you support people to know that they are supported in being in their own lane, to use your own words. Thank you for letting me take over the World Woman podcast. Uh, I hope I've done you proud. This is the 19th. do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I secretly enjoyed it and, um, or maybe not so secretly, and it was truly an honour to be here. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, Welsome, Gemma Lee, this woman is magnificent. And if you're looking to come more into tune with your own nature, life itself, and get into alignment, she's the woman to follow. I love you. I love you. I love you. Bye. Thank you for hosting. You're a great host. I love you. Bye. I love you. I love you all. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.